0: And Lord, as we just continue in prayer before you, Lord, we think of the 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 truth of of what you've taught us and what you continue to teach us of our our frailty and our weakness in you, or without you, Lord, Lord, without you, without your grace, without you, without your mercy, all of our words are empty. All of our words are are are, are, are uh, useless. Lord, we stand before you and your holy word, Lord, and and, and we we recognize the the majesty of, of, of your creation, of your spoken word and your written word. And Lord, I pray God that we would just um in always just just humbly bow and 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 proclaim our dependence upon you. What I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts very clearly, Lord, and that you would, that you would move in such a way that we would, we would see you high and lifted up before us, Lord, that we would see you proclaimed clearly, Lord, that your kingdom would be hallowed before us, Lord, that you would do such a, such a work, Lord, that you would just, uh, 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 would, would just feed us with your word. May we know the joy of that, Lord. May you keep us from from evil, may in all things, Lord. May your will be done here, even as it's done on earth. And Lord, we pray that that your kingdom and that your glory would be proclaimed and clear, clearly seen. And Lord, that is the desire of our hearts as we as we gather and we meet. That that above all, that you would be glorified. In Christ's name, amen. Our text this week is Deuteronomy 24, um, 16 through 18, and we really want to kind of focus in on, as we said last week, on Deuteronomy 24 16. And I, I mentioned to Tony, uh, a, a few minutes ago, you know, and 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 uh, every time I, I you know, that that the God gives me an opportunity to, to stand up and 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 to proclaim and to say, thus saith the Lord, you know, there's always this, this feeling of, 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 of overwhelmingness of this, and just the, 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 weight of this sometimes more so than others. Uh, sometimes some passages because of just the, uh, the, 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 uh, the depth of them and, and just the, the very context of them, uh, are certainly overwhelming. And this is one of them uh this this passage as we as we look at this and just what, what does this mean and the import of this uh for us as believers in Deuteronomy uh uh 2416 and particularly here in in this passage as we go through Deuteronomy. You know, there's such a temptation to read Deuteronomy as just a a a, a book of try harder to do better, you know. That, that as, as even, even the, the title we give it, the Deuteronomy, the second law, as if, as if this is, this is just giving us more laws. And, and so we read through this and just, we just need to, to, to really buckle down and try harder. And when we read about, about not oppressing the hired worker or, or, or read about not taking from the, from, from the, the poor, then the, the goal is just to, man, we just need to do that. We just need to really try to work hard and do that. And we miss the very point of, of what's going on in Deuteronomy. We, we miss the fact that we're looking at a people that, that, that when they came out of Egypt, when they had this redemption, when, when, when God raised up this great leader, Moses, and he led them out of Egypt and, and he brought them and he took them to the, to, to mount to the Mount and they gave them the law, this wonderful, perfect law. And they had the law and they had the, the leader who had worked all these miracles and it kept them for sinning. How long? Before he got off the mountain, they were back in their depravity and their wickedness. And 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 so so Deuteronomy is not saying, Well, okay, God, we'll give you more calls and let you try it again. Deuteronomy is here to say say, No, we need something greater than that. We need something, we need something much greater than a then, 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 uh, 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 Moses to lead us out or or a preacher to come up and speak or a teacher to come up and teach. We need something so much greater than that. And so we read to, to Deuteronomy as we've been looking at this and and as it's been pointing toward, and and it's been so, and we keep coming back to, this is pointing us toward Christ and helping us to see this. And there are very few passages in, in, in Deuteronomy that really proclaim this better than what we're in today. As we look at this passage and what this means for us, <clears throat> and and you know when we read this in Deuteronomy twenty four, verse sixteen, says, "Father shall not put put to shall not put to death." I'm sorry, fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor children be put to death because of their fathers. I think we read this and say, "Well, of course that's right." I mean, how many people would you walk up to and say? Well, do you think a, a a father should should die for the because of children's sin? Whether there is there anybody that you know of that will say, "Oh yeah"? No, they will say, "Well, no, they, they should not die or 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 should the children die because of the father's sin?" Well, no. Yet practically speaking, you know, while we say it on one hand, we struggle with this. What is abortion? Except for a case where children are put to death because of the sins of the father. And even and even within the church, people people justify, well, what a case of rape. This is a horrible sin. So I guess the children should be no, no, never, we would say. But yet in the church, there will be people that argue for that. On the other hand, how many times are the sins of the children blamed on the parents? You know that the well, yeah. But I, I know he's a bad person. But but look at how he's yeah I, I I yeah you know the, the, this kid he came from a tough neighborhood or didn't have a father or didn't have a, a, a you know a, a broken home. So you know you have to understand. And think, where's the personal accountability? And even greater than that, where's, where's our accountability, our own personal accountability? So look, you know, if we walked up, we, we took a survey and said, said, you know, look around the world or America, and, and why is it this way? How many times do you think we'd hear, because of our sins, because of my sins, because of what I've done? Or we'd say, well, it's somebody else's fault. They did this. This is this is a a really this this passage as we get into this is a really a a a, a powerful and and important lesson as we go through this here we as we're talking about this in this passage we're talking about this what does it look like what does a true witness look like this is our the 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 the, this word of you know as we said last week and as Paul as a sorry Deuteronomy is continually to expand upon those those commandments. And and as this section, as it's really trying to to explain and trying to, to pour out, what does it look like to to not bear false witness or instead to bear true witness? And what does that mean for us? And we looked last week and we saw that it was about how do we how do we treat the 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 that that the, there's a there's a, a way that we live this out, this righteousness. We come into verse 16 as we uh, apply this. And 16 through 18, and as I said, we're going to read all this and really focus in on on verse 16 and then uh, uh, pick up 17 with with, and 18 as we go on throughout this passage. But 16 through 18, fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. You shall not pervert justice due to the sojourner. I'm sorry. You shall not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or to the fatherless or take a widow's garment and pledge. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children. Nor shall children be put to death because of the Father. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. As I said, all of us would agree that, that, that we would agree absolutely with that statement. That's not shocking to any of us. But when it comes to judgment, do we really agree with that? Do we really, do we really? Embrace it. Do we really hold to that truth? You know, last week we read Ezekiel's 18, and I want to go back there. And so, uh, so I'm, uh, this will be a real challenge. As we said yesterday in the meeting, we're going to try to cover. We're going to try to teach the Bible today, the whole thing. do not you kidding? But it's going to feel like that at times. So we're going to take. We're, we're the the goal of what, what I hope to do this morning is basically take Deuteronomy and Ezekiel and Romans. And, and kind of pull them up so we can see in there the truth of this and what this looks like for us. And what does this mean for us? And, and just the importance of this, of this statement. Cause there's a real tendency to read this and say, well, of course, fathers should not be put to death for the, for the, for, because of their children, nor should children put to death because of their fathers. And, and just read this and say, okay, we agree with this and go on and, and not really think of the import of this and how, and how important this is. In, in 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 the canon and particularly in the redemptive history that, that the canon's laying out the scriptures laying out and just I want us to, at the end of this for us to really deal with the ideal that each one should be put to death for his own sins and what this means for us this morning and just the 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 um weight of that and that's what I hope above all that this morning we come away from this understanding of this, this the weight of this that each one shall be put to death for his own sins. Not, not might be, not, not you know should be, but as Moses wrote, shall be put to death for his own sins. And and do we do we trim with those words even this morning? What do they mean for us? You know, as I said, we live in a, a society that is so comfortable. You know, we, we if we looked around and, and we went knocked the door to door, you think how many people have any concept of, of, of a God that you fear? You know, how, how many people would would you know what what would we what what do we find going door to door? It's a peace and comfort. And there's there's a there's a real uh, there's a real truth of this that we we've somehow fallen away from, and and, and so much so so much so that 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 in our twenty first century Christianity, to really speak on on death and hell and judgment and death, is is almost taboo. You know, we we can't preach the gospel like that, can we? Because you know that, that 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 teaches a God who's who who who's angry and 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 wrathful and judging, but the reality is there is wrath. You know there, there is wrath in this, and so we need to to understand and and, and as we just deal with this this morning. So I ask for your your prayers as we as we look in this. And and so I encourage you to uh, to 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 keep your your hand here as we look back to this and flip over to to Ezekiel, uh, ch- verse chapter eighteen, to help us better understand just the the import of this. This passage is is, is very often quoted back in, as we saw in in Je- Jeremiah uh, thirty one and Ezekiel and, and and other places in Scripture, and and Paul picks up on it. And just what does this mean for us? Um, this this is a very a very important passage throughout the Old Testament, and New Testament, both this ideal of just what does this look like in Ezekiel 18? As I said, I quoted this last week and, and, and we looked at this as examples of righteousness and unrighteousness that parallel, that parallel this passage. There's even, like I said, a direct quote of verse 16. <clears throat> Ezekiel is talking to the people who are in judgment. Now remember, this is it, it, that Ezekiel is there. He is there with them in Babylon. These people have been have been taken out of the land of Egypt, and they are in judgment. They they are far from their home. They are in captivity. They don't know if they'll ever get to go home again. They don't know if they ever get to see it. They, they, they have been they have been ripped from their houses. They've been ripped from their families. They've been they've been loaded up and they've been taken to to a foreign country, to a pagan land, and they are in judgment. And they're in captivity because God has seen the sins of Israel. And in particular, the, the sins of the kings and the leaders. And he has judged them and he has sent them into captivity. And so in Ezekiel 18, verses 1 and 2, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel speaking, of course. The word of the Lord came to me. And with this with in verse 2. What do you mean by report by repeating this proverb? concerning the land of israel the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's te- teeth are set on age oh, i can't speak are set on edge and 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 he said what, what do you mean by repeating that, that proverb and, and the point of it was th- these people are saying look our fathers sinned and we're being punished We're here because of the sins of our fathers. Everything, look what they did. They did all this and they have put us in this place. We're here because of what they did, you know. And 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 uh, we we don't do that today, do we? We don't look around and say, Man, our country's in this bad shape because of what they did. We don't look around and say, Man. Look at the decisions they made. It's their fault. God's, and God said, you, "You you say this? This what you are saying?" Or we we'll don't ever say it's Adam's fault. Oh, we yeah, we're sinful, but you know, man, we're we inherited the sin from Adam. We're sinful because of Adam's sin. Look what he did. We're here because of Adam. And 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 you know and and in this there there's the important concept there's idea you know, this federal headship that, that's really important and we understand what this means. And 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 very very briefly because this is this passage is is, is not but because this is a, a big issue, uh, the picture of federal head, headship. That that for us in the 21st century, we have so f- forgotten. I, I, you know, I think this is. Uh, uh, I, I, I've asked my students before about about this, and they're like, "What do you mean with federal headship at all? You know, no clue." I mean, people we're talking people raised in churches, but but r- briefly, the writer of Hebrews explained how 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 you know in, in the. Bible, what well, teaches that 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 the, the the Melchizedek? I'm reading from from Hebrews chapter seven. If you read that passage, and we're just going to read part of it, but 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 how how the, the 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 Levites gave tithes to Melchizedek? Well, the only problem with that was when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, Levi wasn't even thought about. You know, the Abraham was was Mel, was the Levite's great great grandson. So we're looking at four generations there. And they're like, well, so how in the world did, did Levi give tithes? Well, in in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, the writer of Hebrews says, one might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, pays tithes to Abraham. For he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. In other words, so, so, when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, well, it's like Levi did because Levi was in his lungs, this federal headship. So even though Levi wasn't born for years, he was still he still tied to Abraham. So there's there's this there's this truth in this 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 federal headship. So so when Adam sinned, we all sinned. We all inherited a sin nature. Is because of Adam, right? But God goes on in Ezekiel and says, And I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sinned shall die. God told the nation of Israel that they're not going to use this anymore. That problem is going to be done with. All souls are his. And it is the soul who sins shall die. You can't blame your sin on Adam. You can't blame your sin on your father. You can't blame your sin on someone else. It's your sin. And you have to own it. You have to take, take responsibility for it. Ezekiel chapter 5, he goes on and said, if a man is righteous and does what is right and just, if he doesn't eat upon the mountains or lift his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not follow his neighbor's wife or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity, does not oppress anyone but restores it to the debtor his pledge, commits no robbery, gives bread to the hungry, covers the neck with a garment, does not lend an interest or take any profit, withholds from his hands from injustice, Executes true justice between man and woman. Watch my statutes. And keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. He shall surely live, declares the Lord. The one who does right, lives righteously, shall live. There it is. There's a the hope. There's a the promise. That that's all you got to do. Live righteous. And you'll live Forever. In verse ten, but if if he fathers the son who is violent, a shedder of blood who does any of these things, here's the son of a righteous father who who, this 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 one who who, his father did everything right was perfectly righteous, but the son chose unrighteousness. Then he is responsible for his decision. Verse thirteen, he shall surely die. His blood should be upon himself. He goes on saying now, now suppose this unrighteous one fathers the son. Verse 14. Now suppose this man fathers the son who sees all the sins that his father has done, he sees and does and does not do likewise. And the son sees the sins of his father, sees the righteousness, and chose to be righteous. Verse 17: Watch my statutes. He shall not die for his father's uh, for his father's in, iniquity. He shall surely live. Uh, and Ezekiel sums it up and, and repeats himself in verse 20. The soul who sins shall surely die. The son shall not suffer the iniquity of the father, nor the father for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. God says that all you have to do is live righteous. If you live righteous, you are righteous. But if the wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed and keeps all my statues and does what is just and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the transgressions he committed shall be remembered against him. For the righteousness that he has done shall he shall live. Verse twenty-three. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked? Declares the Lord God, and not not rather he should turn turn from his way and live. But when a righteous person turns away from from his righteousness and does injustice, and does the same abominations that the wicked does, shall he live? No, nope. none of his righteous deeds he done shall be remembered for the treachery. Of which he is guilty, the sons he has committed, he shall die. God says, look, there's, there's, there's the righteousness, there's there's this and the unrighteousness. And the unrighteousness deserves death and judgment, and the righteous deserves life. And you said, and so when I if, I if I said that to you, you would think, Well, what could be more fair than that? Well, what's really interesting about this, this is where, uh, and, and I know that's a lot to read, but but look what look at the response to verse 25 because this is our response too. So here's God saying, "Listen, if you're righteous, you shall live, and if you're unrighteous, you shall die." But what's the response to this? Because this this is where we are, verse 25. Yet yeah, you say. The way of the Lord is not just. Yeah, I read that thought, how can they, why in the world could they say that? How could they say it's not just? How can anyone say, well, that, God, that's not fair? God says, you know, all command is perfect righteousness. If you're a I'm gonna call you righteous if you're unjust. I'm gonna call you unjust. It's not about who your father was, it's not about who your son is. All you have to do is live righteous. And the response is, God, that's not just. Why is it not just because I cannot not sin. That's the scary part about this. I can't not sin. My thoughts continually run to sin. That's the amazing thing. God said, just live righteous. It's all I do. But God, I can't. I can't not sin. I, the, I mentioned this yesterday again. You know, I told the story before, but I'll never forget. Uh, it was a few years ago. I was walking to a, uh, to a parking lot, walking out to my car. And, you know, so like most people, uh, before I get there, I pull my keys out of the car and I'm walking up. And I'm walking beside this really beautiful car. And this thought came over and said, so, "Oh, I what it look like if I just keyed that car. Where did that come from? For those who don't know what it means to key a car, it's when you take your key and you scratch so deeply you inflate flake the, the paint off as you walk down the side of the car. And I thought, just so you know, I did not key the car, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I did not key the car. But I said, where did that thought come from? I've never keyed the car in my life. But yet, here I am. And this 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 temptation comes over like, ah, I want to be like this I and mean, take that kid's wrong bracket. I think oh. here I am. Uh, I, I. God says live righteous. Now look at God, it's not fair. What you've lied on me is, is 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 too great. I can't do that. Because in Adam, we all sinned. Romans 5 12, that read, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because of all sin, all sin, all of us. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. And even over those. Sinning was not the transgression of Adam, who was the type of the one who has come. We are sinners and we sin. But good news, good news. God tells him that God gives him the cure in Ezekiel. Hear this it word, it's not fair. God. And God said, Okay, fine, I'll give you the cure. Here's what you gotta do Ezekiel chapter 30. Therefore, I will judge you, house of Israel. Everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, least your iniquity be, be your run, cast away your transgressions that you committed, and just make yourself a new heart. ta da Oh, and a new spirit too. Why will you die? That's all you to do, guys. Just just okay, just Get rid of your sins, all your repent, and go in and, and make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. <laughs> yeah. God, God worked out easy, right? You want to break the cycle of sin? You want to know righteousness? Make yourself a new heart, new spirit. Repent. You got it. And, and, and I wonder, you know, I wonder, so, I, I, you know, I, like to, I hope and pray that people read this, uh, I, they find themselves much like Nicodemus did in, in, in John chapter 3, you know, when, when Jesus said you must be born again, you know, <laughs> Nicodemus like, um, how do I do that? Well, that's the same response. Make yourself a new heart. How, how do you do that? What do you do then? Ezekiel didn't say go and make sacrifices, go and kill the calf. No, no, make a new heart and a new spirit. So what do you do for that? How do you, how do you, you, where do you even go from that? And in this history of of redemptive, uh, uh, this picture of this redemptive salvation, we saw in Deuteronomy 24, 16. Each one of you should be put to death for his own sins. You should not pervert justice do the sojourner or the fatherless or take a widow's garment and pledge. But you should remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. How do I respond to the horrible news that everyone that everyone should be put to death for his own sins? Well, one of is to live righteousness, but we can't. The other is remember that you were a slave in Egypt. That God redeemed you and he delivered you out of captivity. That this, this is that, that to look back, to look to God, to remember what God has done. That the same God who is calling you this is the same God who's already redeemed you out of Egypt. It was the same God who, 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 who brought you out of captivity. Look to him, the one who judged you and the one who put you there to begin with. Because God said he would put an end to this. As we said, as we read earlier in Jeremiah 31 29, in those days they will no longer say, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge on edge but everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Each man who eats sour grapes, his teeth should be set on edge. So Jeremiah has that same sort of ideal. And how does God put an end to this? Through the new covenant. And I love, I love the, the comparison of Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Because in Ezekiel, God said, you must have a new heart and a new spirit. And in Jeremiah, God says, give you the new heart and the new spirit this is where it comes from it's from him he's the one who does it we should read Jeremiah and say oh, I need that new heart I need that new spirit I read Ezekiel and say I need that new heart I need that new spirit and then when we get to Jeremiah rejoice because in Jeremiah 31 31 behold the day is coming declares the Lord then I will make a new, ha- a new covenant with the house of Israel in the house of Judah. Not the covenant I made with the fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, the land of Egypt. My covenant they broke. The law was their husband, declares the Lord. He said, i going to make this new covenant, and this will be so much better than that old one, so much richer than the one they broke. They came out, and they were given the law. The perfect law. They were given it. They had Moses. They had the, the, the prophet there leading them. They had all that. And they broke it. They couldn't follow it. They couldn't live righteous. So God said, I will give them a better covenant. Not like the old covenant. That that covenant they broke. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. That covenant they broke. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. In this covenant... Will put my law within them. I will write on their hearts. This is the new heart. This is the new spirit. god going to do this, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And that's and 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 that's that's one of the I think one of the phrases in, in scriptures that I personally as as a as a you know, in church, and that I so often look over when God says, "I will be their God," you know what does that mean? So, then He God of all the whole world, and certainly He is. He is one God, but but this promise where He said, "I will be their God," I, they will they will have this personal knowledge and awareness. This relationship me, I will be their God, and they will be my people. And there's there's this there's this nearness, there's this relationship. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor or his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. In reality, we still have, we still have, and, and we know the answer to this, but, but if you were, if you were reading this in redemptive history and you come to this point, you know, th- there, should be this question that you're, that you're stuck with. Wait a minute. Your word continually says each one should put the death for his own sins. And that's reading that, that you're going to remember their sins no more. God, how do you, how do you reconcile that? They, how can they die for their own sins and their sin be remembered no more? And it should read us and should should lead us to that point. We say, like, but we know Christ. We know that He's the one who died for the sin. There was death for their sins. And it was Jesus Christ. And, ju- and, and just kind of kind of you know, there's always this this temptation when you read this passage and here we are talking about new hearts and all this, and you're thinking, man, this isn't in the text. This isn't what it means. We're not introducing concepts in Deuteronomy that that are contrary to the text because this is where Moses is taking him. This is what the book of Deuteronomy is for. The book of Deuteronomy is to show about this greater greater covenant, this greater, greater leader than Moses. And I base that on Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. In Deuteronomy 36, Moses tells him, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. And you remember how he even started this passage, and he said the, the first command was to love the Lord your God? Well, how's that work? So we said you can. But God said you can through his work. Deuteronomy is about the revelation of Jesus Christ and his wonderful work. Truly, in Adam, we all sinned and were condemned. But in Christ, we have redemption. I am so overwhelmed with thankfulness that I can read a verse like verse 16 that said, Each one should be put to death. For our sins, and know that we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who rescues us from this. I know. I I know my sins. Man, what what would it be like to be reading through this passage and not not thinking ahead and just reading and and and, and have your stuff and just let to say, what's this? What if it ended here? What if the Bible ended here? What if this was the point that each man shall die for his own sin? The end. Where would we be? Where would you be? Where would I be? If, it, if this was it, that period stopped it. Do we see? Do we understand the the the, 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 the depths and the, do we turn to, to God and say, Lord God, thank you. That doesn't end here. Thank you that that Romans doesn't end in verse fourteen, but it goes on. In verse Fifteen, but the free gift is not the trespass. For many died through one man's trespass. Much more have the grace of God, the by the free gift, by the grace for that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. How's a one man's trespass? Death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through Jesus through that one man, Jesus Christ. And really the the, the to me the, the most I, Alex said yesterday we were talking about this, and the most amazing thing to me about this is, is you know the, that, that sinful nature man that is so easy for us isn't it man that that's just that's just that's just that's just who we are. we just live just joyfully and and so easily but that that, that new nature that that, that Christ nature that that's so alien to us man there's there there's perfect harmony with our sin nature, but that divine nature of God is so so alien. Our father sinned, and, we're, and, 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 and the idea, we're just living out the sins of our father, but God gave this commandment, said, no more. Yes, you have the sin nature of Adam, but you have the responsibility to choose Christ. Each one of us have that responsibility, and, and every single person has that responsibility to choose Christ that's our only hope so this morning i hope and pray that, that that as you read this just just for just for a minute stop don't read any further stop when you read that for each one to be put to death for his own sins just take it for a minute and just stop and ask yourself what 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 if this was the end of the bible what if God stopped right there? What would that be like? But then rejoice that it doesn't end there. Rejoice that there's a salvation found in Christ, and remember that just as the Lord God redeemed you out of Egypt, this says he, he brought there's a Greater redemption found in Christ. And it's not about following a man with the law. It's about God writing his law in his heart and us walking in that and living that out. That's great. Lord, we we there is there's no, there's no wrath, there's no judgment that we don't deserve because of our sin. Or do you, you say just live righteous and you'll be righteous? And yet, Lord, we, we can't. We can't. And Lord, whether it's whether it's that 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 sin that just so easily pours out of us, or whether whether we 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 whether it's just our thoughts and our, our actions or what it's just it's just none of these proclaim the glory of God. Thank you for your Son, for His work. Thank you, Lord, for for the new covenant. For the circumcision of the heart that would move us to love you even greater, for it's all your work. So we call out to Christ. Pray God each day that you would just continue to work in our hearts, to circumcise our hearts, to, to, to continually write that living word in our hearts. And God, may we call upon you to do this, to do your work in Christ's precious name. Amen. Turn on your what you